hey, you know, we might be relocating our church uh, to a city called Irvine. And uh, pray about that for us. It would be a new step, a leap of faith for us. And if you're familiar with Orange County, you know Irvine. If you're not, well, it's somewhere there in Southern California where we will remain preaching the gospel. We'll continue our ministry here, uh, reaching the world for Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. That was just a little intro about Lighthouse Church with Pastor Scott and where we're headed. We believe great things are in store for us this year and for you. Um, Today's message, though, is how to triumph in his praise. What a great message. We're talking about praising the Lord. We're back in the backyard today where the birds are chirping and the hills are alive with the sound of music. Enjoy today's message with Pastor Scott. Praise God. All right. Let's begin with Psalm 10647. All right, this is the New Living Translation. Save us, O Lord, our God. Gather us back from among the nations so we thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. You know, you were created for God's pleasure. And we find our greatest pleasure in life seeking and desiring him and praising him. So what is praise according to the scriptures? Good question. Praise comes from a Latin word meaning value or price. Thus, to give praise to God is to proclaim his merit, his greatness, and his worth. Many terms are used to express this in the Bible, including glory, blessing, thanksgiving, and the familiar word, hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Which is a transliteration of the Hebrew for praise the Lord. So, excuse me, every time you say praise the Lord, you're saying hallelujah. The Hebrew title of the book of Psalms is called praises. I love that. It comes from the same root word as hallelujah. Psalms 113 through 118 have been specifically designed or called the Hallel or praise psalms. Praise in the original Greek means to sing, to tell of, to give, to declare, or to confess. In simpler terms, it means to be thankful for God's blessings and declare that good news to God and others. Here's some examples in scripture, and we're called to praise and give adoration in our lives as believers. Psalm 146.2 what um while i live i will praise the lord i will sing praises to my god while i have have life in my being well while i live i will praise god and then psalm 9 1 talks about praising god with our whole hearts i will praise you lord with all of my heart i will tell of all your marvelous things you have done amen and then we're to lift up our hands in the most holy place psalm 28 2 Hear the voice of my application when I cry to you, when I lift my hands towards your holy sanctuary. You know, it's interesting. When we lift our hands, we form a type of the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, you've probably all seen the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, And that movie was a great depiction of what occurred in the Old Testament concerning the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark was a very special box made out of acacia wood covered in gold. And there were two cherubim that were on top of the Ark right next to above the mercy seat and there God said I would dwell between the two cherubim above the mercy seat and as we worship the Lord and we lift up our hands we form a type of the Ark of the Covenant and our hands are lifted and God comes and his presence comes between our hands and visits us right here and that a beautiful depiction of the Ark now let's look at Psalm 79 13 
Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will thank you forever and ever, praising your greatness from generation to generation. From generation to generation, we're to pass on the good news of the gospel and the praises of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Hebrews thirteen fifteen tells us that instead of performing physical sacrifices like they did in the Old Testament, we're to perform spiritual sacrifices. And uh, let's take a look at that in Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So this is a form of sacrifice and praise. So what are the seven types of praise found in Hebrew? Let's go through the seven. Number one, todah, the giving of thanks or thanksgiving, which is a sacrifice of praise. Number two, yadah. Hands raised or extended, as we have already talked about, unto the Lord. You know, some people are afraid to lift their hands in church or anywhere, which is ridiculous, okay? When you go to a ball game, uh, you know, you're not embarrassed to clap your hands, right, and to get excited and jump up and down and go crazy. Well, as we come before the Lord, we lift our hands before him as an extension of ourselves unto him. The third one is Barak kneeling in reverence, and literally bending the waist as a sign of submission. Barak is used in many ways in the Old Testament, and it can also mean to bless in adoration. Number four, halal, we mentioned that, to shine and celebrate and allow your soul to rejoice in God. Number five, zamar, it's a musical term for praise. The zamar praise implies the use of stringed instruments or instruments. It is the idea of making music by plucking of the strings with fingers and singing praises unto God. Number six, Tehila, sing along with joyous praise. It's the singing unto the Lord. And then number seven, Shabbat, our final Hebrew word of praise. It means to address in a loud tone, to shout, to command, to glory, and declare triumph. It is the shout of joy. Praise God. Some people say, Pastor, can we shout in church? Absolutely. If you shout unto the Lord. <laughs> This kind of praise is a battle cry, a cry of victory. This is the word used when the Israelites shouted and the walls of Jericho came a-tumbling down. A praise shout is a weapon of spiritual warfare. When we face walls, obstacles, difficulties in our life, hindrances, we need to give a shout of victory in order to see the victory. Another word for praise is to confess. Confession brings possession. Did you know that? We have believed, therefore we speak, and we praise. Praise releases spiritual forces that foster a spirit of triumph and victory that is unstoppable to the enemy. Praise and faith work together to produce victory in our lives. Let's look at 1 John 5, 4. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. So whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory. Our faith, your faith is a gift that comes from God. And that faith enables you to walk in the power and the presence of God and his victorious praise. Praise the Lord. Praise becomes a spiritual weapon that defeats the power of darkness, breaks the bondage of sin and oppression over people's lives. In this coming revival, God is going to bring forth the praises of his people. And during worship, we're going to see people freed from the bondage of sin and satanic oppression in our great times of worship and praise in our services. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Praise is an incredible spiritual force and weapon to defeat the enemy of our souls 
and give glory and praise to God. As we offer up praise as a spiritual sacrifice, we glorify God's house and his kingdom. First Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And then we were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise becomes the light of God. It breaks us through a different and new spiritual dimension and drives back the darkness. But praise must be done through a sincere and honest heart. And uh, it's done as a forthright act of worship unto the Lord. Here we see an example of this in the Old Testament concerning King Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. He proclaims a fast to seek the Lord when he learns there's a great multitude of armies that are coming against him in Jerusalem in battle. Let's look at Second Chronicles 20:15. He said, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And then the battle is not yours, but God's. So the first thing he does is says, let's seek the Lord. Let's fast. And I know a lot of believers today are fasting and seeking the Lord for God to bring spiritual revival to America and around the world. And so they begin to seek the Lord. And then a prophet comes forth. Jehaziel, and he gives a word from the Lord. Verse 15. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Verse 21. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. And then, excuse me, verse 22 to finish. Okay. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise to the Lord. Or praise, give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. Amazing. And the Israelites won a great battle through the power of of praise. Praise becomes a garment of strength and power that ushers in God's presence, power and glory to manifest or be revealed. Praise really begins with David and his heart and his passion for God and desire to worship him. He is the greatest example of praise in the Bible, and he's the only one that bears the title, a man after God's own heart. So what made David's tabernacle so special and unique? First of all, it wasn't much to speak of. It was a makeshift tent with poles, and the ark sat beneath it, underneath it. It was nothing like Solomon's temple, this ornate, beautiful temple that was built uh, sometime later. By the way, David had the blueprints for the Solomon's temple, but God didn't let David build that temple because he had blood on his hands. He was a warrior for God. What a contrast between David's tabernacle and Solomon's ornate, palatial, elegant, and extravagant temple. David's tabernacle was outwardly lacking in beauty, style, flair, and elegance. It was not an architectural masterpiece by any dream. And was Solomon's temple. By the way, David was, he was the architect, as we mentioned. And he wrote the blueprints. David's tabernacle was filled with the Holy Spirit and the holy presence of God and gave birth to the great anointing and rejoicing of the Holy Spirit, which gave birth to dancing loud-sounding instruments, and produced a great joy and exuberance before the Lord. Praise God. God said he would restore the tabernacle of David 
in these last days in which we're living. And God is going to do that right this time and this hour. We're going to see David's tabernacle restored in worship. Acts 15, 16, 17. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins. I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. You see, this won't come by advertisement or some kind of commercial uh, message. But people will recognize the glory of the Lord, the presence of the Lord uh, residing upon different places of worship. And people will travel and come to be in the presence of the Lord and to in, get involved in this supernatural worship that will be um, engineered by the power and the working of the Holy Spirit. We're going to see a restoration of all things, spiritual and holy, in this last great outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon humanity. Intense joy, gladness, and peace will emanate in this move of God with great supernatural power of miracles, signs, and wonders. All right. David's tabernacle will live once again with people seeking the Lord like never before seen on the earth. They won't have to tell you to go to church. <laughs> You'll just want to go and you won't want to leave. We are to practice praise in our lives, guys. What does praise accomplish? Number one, praise strikes down and silences the enemy of our souls. Satan himself. Psalm 8, 2. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. Amen. Now, Jesus quoted this same scripture, but he changed it from strength to praise. Matthew 2, verse 16, or 21, 16. Okay. And said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said, yes, to them. Yes, have you never read? Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. So you've perfected praise, which is really strength. They're equated together. Out of the mouth of babe, you have ordained praise. Praise is spiritual strength before God and our enemies. So we can equate praise with supernatural power and strength. Let's look at Psalm 107, 1 and 2. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. Psalm 21, 13. Um, be exalted, O Lord, in your own strength. We will sing and praise your power. And then we're going to move into the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 10. We're going to talk about the spiritual weapons that we have to pull down the strongholds of the enemy through the power of praise and worship. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Number two, praise releases us from the captivity of ourselves. Boy, we all have to be mm -hmm. released from the captivity of ourselves. Amen. Uh, John the Baptist said, I might decrease that he might increase. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, we might be relocating our church. Uh, to a city called Irvine and uh, pray about that for us. It would be a new step, a leap of faith for us. And if you're familiar with Orange County, you know Irvine. If you're not, well, it's somewhere there in Southern California where we will remain preaching the gospel. We'll continue our ministry here, uh, reaching the world for Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Praise puts the focus on Christ and his glory, lifting us to a higher realm and dimension in life. Do you want to go higher in God? Do you want to go deeper in God? You can. Psalm 27 and 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What is the greatest attribute of God? Well, one of them is his goodness. God is good. Everybody say that. God God is is good. good. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. And we need more good people in the world today, don't we? And God certainly is an example of goodness. And we want to take on his goodness in our life and share that goodness with other people. Number three, praise opens the door of opportunity and blessing. As we praise him, the way opens for new opportunities, new possibilities, and new uh, avenues for us to be used of God. Isaiah 43, and this is quoting John the Baptist. Uh, He quoted this scripture in Isaiah 40, talking about opening the way of blessing, a highway for our God. And so praise becomes a highway for our God. Isaiah 43, if you found it. 43, over that way. Oh, 43. 40, yes. And uh, to make, to lift up every valley and to bring low every mountain, to make a straight path for the Lord. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord, make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God, fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all the people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. Praise God. Well, I'm having fun today, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful day. I love the Word of God. The Word of God brings life, joy to your heart and delight to you. It's the greatest oh, delight goodness. on the planet, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Praise God. Number four, praise releases dunamis. That's the Greek word for power. Supernatural power from on high. Praise makes all things possible. All things and achievable in the kingdom of God and in this life. As we gather as a church and enter into his praise and worship, we open up heaven's treasure and resources to bring change and blessing. Number five, praise is our victory. Everybody say that. Praise Praise is our victory. We can triumph in his praise. That's the title of my message. We can shout for victory in praise. Mm -hmm. Psalm 101. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, um, all you lands. And shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. triumph. This kind of praise is a battle cry, as I mentioned, a cry of victory. This is the word used when the Israelites shouted and the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Well, praise God. We hope you've received the word of God, that God has called you into a deeper life of praise and worship. Let's pray together. Thanks for listening to today's message with Pastor Scott Huffman. Watch the broadcast live every Sunday at 1030 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. Continue to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great week and keep praising the Lord. 